Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, this morning we are privileged to celebrate the Lord's Supper for the first time in about six months. It's a blessing to be able to witness or partake of this sacrament, for the sacraments to be given by God for the strengthening of our faith. Belgian Confession Article 33 makes this point beautifully. It says, we believe that God, mindful of our insensitivity and weakness, has ordained sacraments to seal his promises to us and to be pledges of his goodwill and grace to us. He did so to nourish and sustain our faith. And for the sacraments to benefit our hearts, need to be focused on Christ. It is in Jesus Christ that our salvation is found. This morning we focus our attention on the suffering of our Savior. Christ suffered tremendously in body and soul during his sojourn on this earth. His suffering intensified towards the end of his life. In his life we see how Jesus was betrayed by a close friend Judas Iscariot. Striking to see the manner in which Christ bore his suffering. He knew he was going to be betrayed by Judas. Yet the Lord Jesus dealt gently and compassionately with him, even when he was being betrayed. Christ understood he had to bear all his suffering in order to save us. He willingly walked the way of the cross to redeem us from our sins. I preach to you God's word under the following theme. Christ suffered the betrayal of a close friend in order to redeem us. The Bible tells us a lot about what happened in the final days of Christ's life on earth. He went up to Jerusalem with the full knowledge that he was going to his death. And the process was not made easy for him. Each step of the way intensified his suffering. Christ went to the Passover feast with a group of disciples who did not understand what was going to happen to him. He knew that the crowds who sang Hosannas were the ones who would soon cry out, crucify him, crucify him. He was conscious of the fact that he would soon have to bear the full burden of God's wrath against all our sins. Christ's suffering is epitomized in his betrayal at the hands of Judas Iscariot. It took place in the Garden of Gethsemane. In the Garden, Christ prayed earnestly that the cup of suffering might pass him by. And yet he added, not my will, but yours be done. Luke tells us that during this time, Jesus' agony was so great that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling on the ground. While Jesus suffered, his disciples slapped. Increasingly, we see Christ being isolated from the support of his disciples. Matthew goes on to record how Judas came into the garden. Judas is referred to as one of the twelve. All four of the Gospels use this expression to describe Judas. They deliberately stress Judas' status as one of Jesus' close followers. He was privileged to walk and talk with Christ for some three years. 
Christ shared many things with his disciples that he did not share with the crowds. He was preparing them for their future task as his witnesses, as apostles. Judas shared in so many graces. He sat under the teaching of the Lord Jesus. He witnessed the mighty miracles that our Lord performed throughout his ministry. He was indeed one of the twelve, one of the chosen ones. The gospel writers highlight this fact to stress the sense of shock, the betrayal they all felt when Judas turned out to be a traitor. The fact that Judas pretended to be Jesus' friend is what makes his betrayal so terrible. Judas made himself out to be a loyal follower of the Lord Jesus. He passed himself off as a faithful friend. And yet in actual fact, Jesus' declarations about the suffering about his suffering and death, were what turned Judas off. Judas wanted to share in a kingdom of power and glory, not in suffering. The Bible makes it clear that Judas was greedy. It's clear from the time when a woman came and poured expensive oil over Jesus to anoint him. The disciples were critical of her actions. Judas said that the oil could have been sold and the money given to the poor. John 12, verse 6 says that he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. It was after this incident that Judas went to the chief priest to betray Jesus, that he accepted 30 pieces of silver from them to do so. On the night of Christ's betrayal, Jesus celebrated the Passover feast with his disciples. And as they were eating, he instituted the Lord's Supper. He broke bread and passed around the cup as symbols of his body and blood, which he would offer up for them that very night. When the supper was ended, Jesus went and washed his disciples' feet. Judas was present for the Passover meal. Again, he shared in these blessings, but they did not turn him from his evil way. Jesus testified to the disciples that one of them would betray him. The Bible says that after this, Satan entered Judas. He went out into the night to do his dastardly deed. Judas led a great multitude with clubs and swords into the Garden of Gethsemane, where he knew Jesus would be. He had given them a sign saying, the one I kiss is the man, arrest him. This was a signal by which he would identify Jesus to his fellow conspirators. In in Jewish culture, a kiss was a sign of respect and homage. Slaves kissed the feet of their masters as an utmost sign of respect. Disciples sometimes kissed the hem of their teacher's garment as a token of reference and deep devotion. It was common to kiss someone on the hand as a gesture of respect kiss on the face, especially with an embrace, signified personal friendship and affection. Such a kiss was reserved for the closest of friends. The word Matthew uses uses to describe Judas' kiss means to kiss earnestly or repeatedly. It's the same word used by Luke to describe the affectionate worship lavished on Jesus by the woman at the Pharisee's house. She anointed Jesus' feet with fragrant oil, wiped them with her hair, and repeatedly kissed them. 
Thus, Judas betrayed Jesus with a symbol of close affection. It makes his betrayal all the more shameful. You ever been betrayed by someone, beloved? It's not a good experience. To trust someone, to confide in him or her, and then to hear from others that your secret is out. To give of your time, to give your heart, to share your life with someone, and then to get stabbed in the back. At times in our lives, we can feel betrayed by a friend or a family member. It causes much sorrow, much grief. It hurts when someone we trusted turns against us. The betrayal of a family member or a friend is something that wounds deeply. Jesus experienced this. When Judas came to kiss Jesus in the garden, the Lord Jesus knew exactly what was going on. Jesus replied to Judas' false display of affection is not one of anger or hostility. Jesus said to Judas, friend, do what you came to do. Here Christ did not employ the normal word for friend. The word Jesus used means a companion or a comrade. It does not contain the same close affection as Jesus normally showed his disciples. Jesus knew what Judas was doing. When speaking to his disciples in the upper room, Jesus had told them, You are my friends. If you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. Here the word friends indicates close affection. But Judas was no longer a close friend. That's why Jesus addresses him as comrade. The reason that Jesus confronted Judas was that he wanted him to face up to what he was doing. He wanted the other disciples to recognize what an evil thing it was that Judas was doing. Luke records that Jesus said, Judas, would you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Even at this late hour, when Judas' heart was so obviously hardened against him, Jesus still dealt tenderly with him. He did not curse him or call him a villain, or a traitor, or a fool. Instead, Jesus called him by his name. He gently asked this question to prod Judas' conscience. Our Lord continued to have compassion on the very man who betrayed him. Yet Judas' heartless betrayal would have caused our Lord great suffering, because it hurts to have a friend turn on you, to have someone sell you out for money, to have someone reject your love and care. Yet our Lord bore this suffering willingly. as part of the price he had to pay to redeem us from our sins. Beloved, we too are guilty of all kinds of sins. Perhaps there are people that we have hurt deeply through our neglect, our slander, our indifference, or even our betrayal. Christ suffered and died to pay for all our sins. It's only through his atoning sacrifice that Christ has redeemed us from everlasting condemnation. Christ suffered much during his earthly sojourn, and yet he persevered. He walked the pathway of suffering. He bore our sins and shame on the cross. Beloved, may that give us confidence to follow in Christ's footsteps. 
to bear the suffering and injustice that comes our way with grace. To persevere in our faith in the midst of hard times, knowing that the suffering of this age is not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in the age to come. This morning as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, may we focus on our Savior Jesus Christ and His redeeming work. May that nourish and strengthen our faith. May we be encouraged to live our lives in love and fellowship with Christ and each other. Amen. Let's respond to the gospel message by rising and singing together from Psalm 55, stanzas 5 and 6.